Today on the Locked On Blues podcast, the St. Louis Blues defeated the Toronto Maple Leafs 6-3, so maybe the sky isn't falling quite as much as we thought it was after the Montreal game. Plus, Blues take on the Philadelphia Flyers tomorrow night early, so we're going to be doing the preview for that, tossing in a few extra bits of news here and there. Make sure you stay tuned. Your Locked On Blues, your daily podcast on the St. Louis Blues. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Locked On Blues Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network and your number one source for daily blues content. I'm Josh Hyman and I'm joined by my hopefully well-rested co-host, Thomas Welsh, because uh, Friday's episode was high energy, high intensity, high stress, but uh, Blues gave us a little something to... Maybe be optimistic about over the weekend as they took care of the Toronto Maple Leafs in somewhat convincing fashion, putting up a six spot and beating them six to three. We're going to be talking about that. Going to be talking about the game tomorrow night between St. Louis Blues and Philadelphia Flyers. But first and foremost, I want to let everybody know that today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, Tommy. So, Saturday's game could go one of two ways. Are you, A, optimistic and hopeful that this is the Blues that of the future and this is going to be the, the skill and, and, and you know convincing wins that we're going to see for the rest of the season? Or option B, are you frustrated knowing that they can lose in such embarrassing fashion to a Montreal Canadiens team and then 48 hours later come out and look this good against a Toronto Maple Leafs team? Kind of the story of the season, inconsistency. Where does where does Saturday night's win leave you? Well, I don't think it's just the story of the season, Josh. I think it's the story of the St. Louis Blues for a long time is inconsistency, right? And you can say what you want about this defense and how it's been a staple for this team for so long, but fact of the matter is, uh, the defense as it currently sits right now is not a St. Louis Blues defense. At least it hasn't been in my recent recollection. Uh, I feel like defense has been one of the staples for the Blues. One of the reasons that they make it so far throughout the playoffs. So it's going to be a different beast this season. But as much as we talk about like the talent that this team has and the depth that this team has to go out and put a beating on the Toronto Maple Leafs, like they did. uh, I, I don't want to say that it's remarkable because this team should be expected to do that. And I think that's why so many people, myself included, although I actually wasn't that mad. um, I, I, I maintain that I was calm, cool and collected on this podcast. That being said, um, that's neither here nor there. I think a lot of people, again, not me, but a lot of people uh, were very frustrated with this team uh, regarding their loss to the Montreal Canadiens. And I think a reason for that is because this team is expected to roll with the big dogs and hang with teams like the Toronto Maple Leafs for them. So for them to go out and do what's expected of them, uh, congratulations, here's a pat on the back. But that those are the teams that the Blues should be hanging with and should be taking a beating to. And like I said, that's why so many people, not me, uh, were frustrated with the Montreal Canadiens game. That being said, inconsistency has been a problem for a long time with this team. And even going back to the Stanley Cup season, I mean, that is prime inconsistency to be the worst team in the entire freaking league in January. And then next thing you know, in June and July, you're ho- you're hoisting the Stanley Cup and having a parade downtown St. Louis. So I think. Until further notice, uh, this team is 
should be put on notice. And um, until we can see a level of consistency that we saw with this team throughout the playoffs, because really as talented as any team is, uh, if you're not consistent through the playoffs, all it takes is one series to be packed up and going home. And so for the Blues, I think that level of consistency is the reason that they were so successful and the reason that they did make a run to the Stanley Cup and win the whole thing. So until they can show me that level of consistency at any point in time, because if you remember, they broke the franchise record for win streak with 11, or they tied it, one of them. Um, until they can show me a level of consistency to that degree, I'm still not sold on this team making a full run through the Stanley Cup. I'm sorry. You can pretend all you want like we didn't have the reaction we had Friday night's episode. Um, I don't know what you're talking about. I blacked out. You can pretend like we weren't frustrated and angry, but I think we need to double down and stand by that because, like I said, the option B there is that I'm almost more frustrated after that Toronto win than I was after the Montreal loss. I was angry and upset after the Montreal loss, but I wasn't, I guess, inherently frustrated. Is like I was more just like, what are you going to do at that point? But then they go out, like I said, 48 hours later against a high-powered offense like the Toronto Maple Leafs, and I'm like, oh, they're going to get they're going to get walked, you know? They they just made Montreal Canadiens look like a a strong, you know, contending team. The Maple Leafs are going to put up eight goals on them, and then they go out and they win in like I said, pretty convincing fashion. It left me more frustrated than I was after the Montreal game, knowing that we get this Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde St. Louis Blues team that can look like they can hang with the big dogs one night, like the Toronto Maple Leafs. And then two nights prior, get embarrassed by the Montreal Canadiens. It's like, pick your lane, you know? It's it's frustrating for us as fans spending, you know, one week thinking that this team is destined to it for another cup run and then another week thinking oh my god are we gonna be you know looking at lottery odds here in in a few months it, it really feels like you know 60 or 50 almost 50 games into the season that we have yet to see a string of like like you said they get an 11 game win streak i would find hard find it hard to find like five consistent games for the st louis blues this year where they played you know even if it was consistently bad they haven't been consistent two expectations yeah exactly exactly it's it's been there hasn't been a stretch this season where we've been like man you know they've been rolling the past few weeks you know let's see what they can do here besides like the opening of the season where we won six in a row it really feels like every single episode here on of this podcast has been on one end of the spectrum we haven't really had a healthy medium and that's why like i said i'm so frustrated because it's it's end of the season you know we're getting to that time where you're looking at the standings you're looking at playoff matchups the time for inconsistency is over you should know what kind of team you are up to this point you should be playing like that team consistently and the blues have yet to find their identity this season and who's to say they will at this rate to their credit too uh the montreal Canadiens look like just a completely different team under martin saint louis so um that's not to say that there's still any excuse that the Blues should go out and get beaten by them, but Jeff Petrie and Cole Caulfield look like completely different players from uh, the players that we saw earlier on in the season. So credit to them for taking advantage of, like we said, a trap game and probably a St. Louis Blues team that thought they were going to come in and uh, have a walk in the park against a team that was just beaten and battered and bruised and uh, not playing very well because they took it to them. And, I think they just beat the, the Maple Leafs, too, if I remember their last game. So uh, they're they're stringing together some impressive wins under a new coach. And 
that's always going to get the boys fired up when you're a coach gets fired and a new one re- it replaces him. So they're up uh, three new voice. on the Maple Leafs right now. Oh, there you go. So yeah, some impressive play from uh, the Montreal Canadiens as of late, and I think um, a large part of that, if not the entirety of that, is probably due to Martin St. Louis. So uh, I tried to pick up Jeff Petrie on uh, the waiver wire actually in my fantasy league, and someone swiped him right before me. So and actually, uh, that's a that's a good point to bring up because. We've been talking a lot about Montreal Canadiens and the potential trade partner uh, for a defenseman there named Ben Sherratt, but I wouldn't be surprised if Doug Armstrong starts uh, kicking the door uh, and seeing what potential trade partner might be with the Montreal Canadiens, but Jeff Petrie instead, if he keeps playing the way that he is. So something to yeah, keep an eye on lots, for sure. Lots to, lots to talk about, lots to discuss, and we'll be getting into all that and more. But first... I want to tell you guys about our good friends over at Built Bar. Tommy, have you tried the new Built Pops? I did, dude. They're amazing. Like marshmallow. Yeah. I don't. It, it literally tastes like a s'more, and I'm a huge s'mores guy. Oh I don't God. know if you can tell by the mustache, but I love being in the outdoors and camping and all that stuff. So uh, <laughs> I, that's, that's my home away from home, if you will, outside of my home. So bringing along a s'mores, I think, is a staple of any camping trip. And uh, if you don't have to be outside to do it, I know maybe some people don't like the bugs, the bug spray, all that stuff. Um, I personally do, but if you just like the s'mores, you chill at home, do it. Built Bar is a perfect way. I got three words for you, Tommy. Protein, infused, aloe, marshmallow. Yeah, can you believe it? Protein infused marshmallow. They're fluffy. They're marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar. They're a treat, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Pops are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors. Yummy, cinnamony churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie. So good. They're going to be your new favorite. And like Tommy said, the s'mores element, all built Bars, including the Puffs, are covered in 100% real chocolate. Go to built.com, scroll down, check the macros chart, and you'll be blown away. Most built Bars contain only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has about double the calories at 240 30 grams of sugar and dozens of net carbs. Now I'm I'm no math major. I used to be, but not anymore. But come on, that's that's a that's an easy comparison to make. At Built Bar, they're all about the taste. They make it taste delicious first, and then they figure out how to make it healthy. And I don't know how, but they pull it off every time. So go to built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. All right, Tommy. So as we reminisce over the inconsistencies of a up and down blues season, we are still in the midst of it. Um, and we are in the midst of a bit of an East Coast swing for the St. Louis Blues as tomorrow night they take on the Philadelphia Flyers on the road. Again, an area where they've struggled pretty, pretty significantly this season. Flyers are having an underwhelming season, 15, 25, and 10. What do you what are you expecting out of this game? Before we really get into this game too much, you know, the nitty-gritty is locked on players of the game. Uh what what needs to be the sort of the carryover? You had a really poor game against Montreal and then a pretty strong game against Toronto. How do you take the best of the Toronto game and use that and then the worst of the Montreal game for motivation? How do you kind of play off of that for the Philly game, in your opinion? That's exactly what you have to do, right? And I feel like even with the Montreal game, I feel like a lot of athletes want to when they have a game like that, the best 
way to get over it is just to flush it, right? Forget that it happened, forget that it existed and focus on the positives um, that you learned in the Toronto Maple Leafs game and uh, what's going to lead you to production, what's going to lead you to wins. Um, and for the St. Louis Blues, I think this matchup is going to be interesting for uh, multiple reasons. One, like you said, it's kind of riding off of uh, a very, very disappointing loss and then immediately followed by a very, very impressive win. So it's a, it's a, it's a 50-50 shot right now, and then this this game potentially will swing Blues fans either in one direction or the other again. So it's like the polarity is nuts. Another thing to look out for is, if I remember correctly, uh, the Philadelphia Flyers were one of the teams that were very interested in Vladimir Tarasenko when uh, the trade rumors first came out. And Vladimir Tarasenko, although he did miss last game, will be in the lineup uh, in the Flyers game from what I'm reading online. Um, so it would be, I don't know, if he has a huge game, that's probably just going to spike the interest of them again. And I'm not saying that he's going to be traded in the, in the middle of the season, but... For Claude Giroux? No, I don't think that's going to happen. But, you know, crazier things have happened under does. Doug Armstrong. You never know. That being said, piques the interest. Anytime you've got a player of Vladdy's caliber that's notably said and demanded a trade, any GM is going to take notice, especially a GM that's already said that He's been interested in having talks with the team and all that stuff. So uh, I'm I'm sure the GM of Philadelphia Flyers will be watching Vladimir Tarasenko closely throughout this game. So see, so if he has a big one, we could be looking at the Flyers being potential suitors in the offseason or maybe even the deadline they throw the book at him. Who knows? Definitely a storyline that I didn't really initially consider. Um, but anytime you sort of play uh, an East Coast team, you know, a team not in your conference, it's definitely a test for lots of reasons, like you said. Um, and playing into that is the fact that, you know, you don't, you don't get as much, as much familiarity with these teams. So yeah, this is kind of their revenge game for Braden Shen as well. So yeah, this is one of two opportunities that these teams will get to look at one another. And, and anytime you play, like I said, an, an Eastern conference team as a Western conference team, it's a little bit more of a test of just playing your game. You know, they haven't studied quite as much film. You haven't played each other three times already and know what to expect. It really just comes down to who can execute their game plan better. And I think that that's going to be pretty refreshing for the St. Louis Blues. You know, playing a team like Montreal, who's probably the game plan was pretty simple. You know, they, they really struggled. The areas of attack for the Blues should have been obvious and they weren't. Uh, but then we kind of saw the flip side of that with the Toronto Maple Leafs, who have a very, very clear attack plan, and that is having one of the most dominant forward groups in the NHL. Uh, and the Blues did a good job of neutralizing that. And it's going to be sort of a, a similar simple style uh, against Philadelphia. You know, Philadelphia doesn't necessarily have one area that they've blown the league out of the water with this year. They're a struggling team. They've lost five in a row, including tonight or today when they played and lost in overtime. Tired legs, lots of narratives there. Should be, again, a simple game for the Blues to execute their game plan. But Tommy, I'll tell you what, I'm pretty sure I said those exact same words pretty much to a cue before the Montreal game. Execute your game plan, play Blues hockey, keep it simple, and we saw what happened when I said that last time. So I guess in the third segment, my question to you, and I guess the question we will explore is, how can the Blues keep it simple enough to where they don't, you know, overplay their hand like they did in the Montreal game, but also not so simple that they get beat by a team like Montreal? Uh, should be a fun conversation. I'm looking forward to it. But first, I wanted to tell you guys about our good friends over at Bet Online. 
Football might be over this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props, to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is your number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds right to the Olympic coverage and information. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts, and we'll be right back. All right, Tommy. So we talked about it from sort of an outside perspective there in that second segment, kind of talking about some of the the overarching season-wide storylines. Now, I got one for you. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll hand it right to you then. Another interesting storyline. We talked about this being a revenge game for Braden Shen, right? Mm. But I think in terms of all-time trades by Doug Armstrong, I'm going to put the Braden Shen trade at number two. I think a lot of people will be... We'll want to put Buchnevich up there. I think the top three, you'd probably have to go O'Reilly, Shen, and Buchnevich right now. Uh, but because of recency bias, maybe Buchnevich is a little bit higher. I don't know. You could definitely make the case over the course of his time with the St. Louis Blues, even though it's been short. I think at the end of it, you could definitely make the case. But given what Braden Shen has given to this team, the longevity that he's brought to this team and the leadership, I think he's at number two right now. But I think uh, it's important to bring up that we got Braden Shen for Yori Laterra, who was on crack! As if we weren't going to get copyrighted by Stephen A. Smith in first take for the last episode. You're not wrong. We talked about the overarching storylines of the season and the major points. Now it comes down to the perspective of, like I said, crunch time in the regular season. And yeah, the Blues won their last game, but that that Montreal loss is going to sting for, you know, probably a little while. It could even, you know, that that losses like that stick with you for for a couple seasons as an individual. So, you know, given that all that, this is a pretty volatile time for the St. Louis Blues right now. I think, I think that they know that the pressure's on them a little bit, especially trade deadline right around the corner. Um, feels like a pretty big game against Philly, in my opinion. Given the inconsistencies, you know, you want to see. You could you could argue if they play three games, the the Blues team that shows up in two out of those three games is the consistent Blues team. Right. So we've been we've seen two sides of the of the coin uh, against Montreal and Toronto. What is it going to take for hopefully the successful side to prevail tomorrow? And which players do you think will lead the charge leading into who is your locked off player of the game? Now, all the talk that we've had on this episode about Braden Shen, I feel like that's the easy answer. Uh, for a revenge game as well as what he brings to the St. Louis Blues and the lineup and uh, just the way that he's been playing. I feel like he's been a man on fire, trademark that. I don't want to go with Braden Shen because I feel like that's too easy. And I said on one of the podcasts a while ago that a certain someone was heating up and I posted about it in the Facebook lounge and got lambasted by a couple people because they couldn't possibly see how someone was heating up that had two points in the last 30 games played. Uh, even though I thought he was consistently playing more engaged on the ice, playing more of his style of play, firing shots on goal, being the thorn in the side to opposing players that he loves to be. Um, and he had two assists in the game against the Toronto Maple Leafs. And so for that reason, my locked on player of the game is going to be David Perron. He's a guy that's kind of crept into some conversations more and more often on this podcast lately. And, you know, we talk about it like we, we get, we got five episodes a week, you know, we're, we're, we're flying by the seat of our pants. A lot of these guys are going to slip 
you know, fly under the radar and, and not get their name brought up nearly as much as they should because, you know, the big storylines are, are the ones we're going to talk about. David Perron's a good choice. I do think that Braden Shed would be a good choice as well. He's been kind of on fire lately, and I've picked him a few times. Vladdy could too because if he knows that the Flyers are interested, then he knows that this is going to be kind of uh, a way for him to present himself as a trade target. If he still wants out, obviously. But which is kind of st- up in the air at this point, I guess, because there's not hasn't been a whole bunch of recent news. But there's a lot of possibilities here, Josh. So I'm excited to see who you're going to go with. Tell you what, I'm going to pick a guy that has probably been picked more than anyone else on this podcast this season. However, who is quietly in the midst of his worst slump of the season, which isn't saying much because it's only been a few games. But that guy is none other than Jordan Cairo. And look, this is different than the other times picking Jordan Cairo. Every other time we picked Jordan Cairo, it's, like, it's been like, yeah, he's got 20 points in his last 10 games, you know, with Cairo. Like I said, quietly among his worst stretch of the season. He hasn't really looked like the there, electric but... self that we saw before the All-Star break, since the All-Star break. So Yeah, definitely noticed a little bit of a change and worried that it could be similar to last season when we saw something from him, but I, I'm not buying it. Um... I think it could just be, you know, wear and tear. You're you're 45 games into an 82-game season, 50 games in. You kind of hit that wall. Um, But that being said, this is kind of the time to shift your focus towards the playoffs, and and you're not looking at the all-star break, and you're not looking as much at, like, the individual, you know, trying to make the all-star team, whatever, what have you. You really got to put yourself into, into, you know, work mode. And I think Jordan Cairo is a guy that, that takes himself really seriously, really competitive, really wants to be the best that he can be. and if we're noticing that he's amongst his his kind of worst stretch of the season, he knows it too. Um, and I think he he's a guy that is going to be a, a future face of this team. Uh, and in order to do that, you know, you got to battle through slumps. Every player in the NHL has has slumps. Um, and this is going to be Jordan Kyrie's time to prove that, no, this isn't going to be a, a trend for him every year where he starts off hot and fizzles out towards the end. I think that maybe not tonight, although I'm pitching it as tonight right now, but Somewhere pretty soon, Jordan Cairo is going to flip the switch, and we're going to see an even better version of Jordan Cairo than we saw at the beginning of the year. And for that reason, I think, I hope, that that's going to start tonight against the Philadelphia Flyers, uh, because it is time, man. We haven't we haven't been frothing over Jordan Cairo in a few weeks here uh, on this podcast, and you know, if you've listened to it this season, it's been our favorite thing to do. So I'm, I'm hoping that next episode is another uh, overdue Jordan Cairo praising episode because he deserves it and yeah I've, ma- I've made my case it's a great case and I think like I talked about he hasn't really been his electric self since coming off the all-star break but a player who has been is Robert Thomas looking right now since the all-star break he's got seven points in five games so I think he's almost kind of taken the spot to where not really taken the spot but in Jordan Cairo's absence in terms of point production, in terms of driving that offense, I think Robert Thomas has kind of rose to the occasion. So for the Blues to have capable bodies like that, who, I mean, even David Perron now is kind of picking up the slack to where maybe Ryan O'Reilly isn't having the offensive season that he wants to, but it's kind of guys that fluctuate in their levels of play throughout the season. So for them to have so many and other consistent ones like Buchnevich and like other guys on this team that have just been point producers all season long, uh, I mean, it kind of goes in with the theme of inconsistency, but at what point does inconsistency become your consistency? I don't know. I guess we'll find out. Kind of stuck in the middle of of two 
drastically different, you know, versions of the St. Louis Blues right now. Um, and an Eastern Conference road trip, like I said earlier, is a really good good opportunity to get get a sense of where you are as a team. You know, you're not studying film as much. You're just going out there and executing your game plan. So tomorrow night, Blues Flyers. It's going to be a fun one. We're going to have the recap here for you on the Lockdown Blues podcast. So make sure you hit that follow or subscribe button on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on. Hit that subscribe button on YouTube. Last episode was by far, by far, the most engagement we've ever gotten on YouTube. And it was so fun. I literally spent like the entire night after it was uploaded just heart and comments replying to him tommy was on there as well we have so much fun with it and we really put a lot of a lot of energy and effort into it so it's nice to see you guys uh responding to that well 150 subs now 150 subs uh sky's the limit pewdiepie watch out t-series we're coming for (laughs) you we're coming we're coming for you um no just wait till they see the upgrade we get thank you guys so much for all the engagement on the last episode it's literally on pace to become our top episode ever and we've, we've been looking forward to it. We were really looking forward to recording it, put a lot of effort and energy into it. So seeing the response uh, is is great for us. It, no, it lets us know that that's what you guys want to see. So we're going to continue to put that energy into all our content moving forward. So like I said, make sure you hit that subscribe button to our YouTube channel because we are just getting started. Hit that notification bell. That way, whenever we upload a video, you'll be the first to know. Interact with our pinned comments on there. You know, like I said, we're replying to you guys, heart in the comments, all that good stuff. Follow us on all our socials, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and Facebook at Locked On Blues. Follow me on Twitter at Josh Hammond NHL. Follow Tommy at TWelter15. Thanks so much for listening, and as always, let's go Blues.